And good afternoon. It's just after 4 o'clock. Thanks for tuning in to CFRC 101.9 FM. We are located here in Lower Carruthers Hall, Queen's University, Kingston, Ontario. My name is Bruce. Uh, this is Finding a Voice here every Friday afternoon from 4 to 6 o'clock. We do stream live online as well at www.cfrc.ca. Coming up on the show today... Hello, uh, hello. There we go. Uh, I don't know what we got going on solid, here. Solid, solid, solid. This is what we want. Just <sighs> one second. Let me get rid of some other things here. There we go. <laughs> Had another microphone coming from another radio station. Or not another radio station, another studio here. And they're just coming on, uh, setting something up. So, anyway, that was kind of cool, actually. <laughs> I'm going to wait a minute. <laughs> So, you get a little extra treat today. So, in the first hour from the February 26th uh, Queen's Poetry Slam held at the Grad Club, you'll hear readings of performances by Izzy Fettergreen, Adam Pequet, and uh, Caitlin Monday, Mundy, I'm sorry, Holly, Tasha Ignatius, Jack Williams, Taylor Ty, Billy the Kid, and me. And then in the second hour from that same... Uh, February 26th, Queen's Poetry Slam event held at the Grad Club. You'll hear the second round of readings or performances, and in that you'll hear Taylor Ty, Izzy Fettergreen, Jack Williams, and Billy the Kid again. This first, though, the usual hourly announcement that occasionally some poetry, spoken word, or music played on this show may contain strong language, but it's all played in its entirety with content unedited to honor the creative integrity of both the author and the piece. So, okay, again, up uh, in this first hour, you'll hear from, again, the February 26th Queen's Poetry Slam event out at the Grad Club. You'll hear an intro by MC and co-host Izzy Fettergreen, followed with a shared poem, and then uh, open mic readings by, and I'm hoping I'm saying his last name correctly, Adam Parquat, uh, Caitlin Mundy, uh, QPS uh, co-host Holly and Tasha Ignatius. Following that, as we moved into the first round of slam competition, as uh, sacrif- you'll hear a sacrificial poet reading by me, and then slam poets Jack Williams, Taylor Ty, Billy the Kid, and Izzy uh, reading uh, uh, and uh, readings or performances. What am I doing here? Yeah, I think I just doubled something up. Anyway, uh, that's what you're going to hear in the first hour. I think I was trying to uh, do the second hour at the same time, but well, let's just wait for the second hour. So, anyway, too much information for this first hour. So, up first, here is co-host Izzy Fettergreen and her welcome and intro to the event, followed immediately by the first open micer, Adam Parquet. And let's see if I can do this right here. Let's get her up. There we go. Like it's made out of your grandmother's couch. 
slash my friend likes to say that this shirt looks the way your grandmother's perfume smells, and that's the greatest description I've ever heard. But yeah, open micers, slammers, come up. We'll do a little moment. And if you want to read and haven't signed up, please see Holly to sign up. She also murdered their four-year-old child. 
and wrote in her diary that Platt's ghost had given her suicidal thoughts. So isn't that a story? And so Sarah Kay took that tragic story and she wrote this beautiful poem. To the man that Ted Hughes slept with. Were there nights where you were sure he would grind you down to bone? That you had not placed nearly enough wax paper on the bedspread? That you would have to wash the sheets tomorrow? Did you ever think of David? His custard eyes and balloon hands, clumsy with words and careless with love. Some of us are born chasing disaster. From the moment we enter this world screaming, we are looking for lightning the raw of our bodies always searching for cleaver hands. You memorized every love poem he wrote for someone else and slept on a pillow that had held her slumber. Some of us are born chasing poetry. When you searched for words, was it her voice who spoke of? Tank. Um, wonderful. So that's an example of like a poem um, and I chose that one because it has like a good reason for content warning. Um, oh no, the name. Um, I'm going to call up our first open micer. Um, judges, you don't need to start judging yet. And their name is Adam. He's him. Do we love him? Yes! Good. Everybody clap! see so much of me. What happened that I should come to fear pain, feel alone, and no misery? What happened to carefree, to fireside singing, and leaving the world be? A short little one. It was at friend's cottage when I wrote that, looking through those like super classic old photo albums where all the kids are naked and you're like, Nice. <laughs> maybe came out a little weird. <laughs> Alright. This is a second little show around the room, so. <clears throat> Destiny demands, stand on your own two feet. While standing one-legged in the streets, people are shouting, you can't be weak. But on the lake, away from those freaks, in whose wake I'm breaking, I find myself making the most of me. And honestly, recently, in reality, failure is not an option, and your life is due next week. You lose sleep for a number, and hate yourself if it's not over three. But that's not me. This is my journey. Right now it's just temporary, and there's so much left to see. So relax, let go, and breathe. Yeah! Thank you. What a wonderful two folks. Everybody give a round of applause for that one. 
like, once they're finished, be as loud as you want. The grad club might, but I don't. This is the one they think it annoys and you just heard an introduction and uh, reading by Izzy Fettergreen, uh, followed by an open mic reader, Al- Adam Paquette, uh, at uh, Queen's Poetry Slam's evening uh, event held at the Grad Club on September 26th. Up next in the open mic portion of that slam event, here is Caitlin Mundy. So, our next open micer, his name is Caitlin. Do we love her? Yes! Open mic reading by Caitlin Mundy, and that again was at uh, the Queen's Poetry Slams uh, event held at the Grad Club on February 26th, and also in the open mic portion of that event. Up next uh, in it, you're also going to hear uh, a short reading by co host uh, Holly. Here we go. Um, so we have two more open micers still want to open mic, there's still time to sign up. Um, but we're going to call up one of my co-board member, Holly. Do we love her? So I told Izzy that I would nod at her if I wanted to come up, and I didn't want to come up, but I'm going to make one up. I've never done this before. I'm gonna call this Mercury Retrogate because this is really impulsive. <laughs> Thank you. 
I just I need to find something. You guys just talk to each other for which one was ten seconds. I'm just this is important. <laughs> just felt is how I've been feeling for six days straight. I've been an anxious being, just trying to figure out why I'm filled with so much hate. This is my last year of school, and I have senioritis, and my grandmother has arthritis. <laughs> this was supposed to be funny. <laughs> And you just heard uh, co-board member Holly, uh, co-board member, I should say, of uh, Queen's Poetry Slam, Holly, at uh, the Queen's Poetry Slam event held again at the Grad Club on the 26th. Up next, and the final poet in the open mic session, here is Tasha Ignatius. Tasha, do we love her? Sooner you add a lot to me that I didn't know I had. And when he called me pretty because I looked white and because I dressed white, I'm so sorry I forgot about you. I'm sorry that I acted like it was a compliment, it was a really, it was a slap to the face. I'm sorry for trying to rid yourself of me. I'm sorry for thinking that rubbing my skin in the shower would make me lighter, it would make me prettier, but it, I know now that it won't. I used to be scared of the sun, I'm so sorry that you were the cause of that. I'm kind of over it now though, I guess I realize that the layers you add to me, my culture, my history, my family mean so much more than some Western ideology of pretty. I think you, I think people don't understand our relationship. They think living here with you makes my life so much harder. But you've taught me how to forget what people think. You've taught me to find beauty within myself, but also look in the mirror and be like, damn, you don't look bad. They think I would live, I would live better without you in my life, that I would be better off with you out of the way. And maybe my life would be easier, but I wouldn't change you. You are who I am. And you just heard an open mic reading by Tasha Ignatius. And she was the last poet in the open mic portion of the Queen's uh, Poetry Slam event held at the Grad Club on the 26th. 
before we move into the slang portion, uh, maybe it would be a good idea. I'm just going to do this, and uh, I'll be right back. Friday evenings at 6 p.m. here on CFRC, listen to Saltwater Music, a show covering all musical genres from the East Coast of Canada. Celtic, of course, but also rock, jazz, blues, folk, and a lot more. I'm your host, Rob Carnell. Tune in to Saltwater Music Friday evening from 6 to 8 here on CFRC 101.9 FM. Or you can catch us on the web at www.cfrc.ca. And for our listeners out east, that's 7 p.m. Atlantic and 7.30 Newfoundland. The Four Directions Aboriginal Student Center, located at 146 Berry Street, offers resources and services for Aboriginal students at Queen's University. Among its many services, the center offers a Three Sisters Feast Weekly on Wednesdays from 5 to 7 p.m. at the center, prepared by staff or a guest chef. The center is open daily, Monday to Friday, and hosts events throughout the year. For more information, visit queensu.ca slash fdasc. Folk Everything, every Saturday morning from 10 till noon on CFRC. Traditional folk, modern folk, future folk, and strange deviations from the norm. Hear the legacy of folk music and discover new favorites and forgotten classics on Folk Everything. Join me every Saturday morning at 10 for a romp through folk culture here on CFRC. Says Red to James, that's a fine motorbike. Feeling stressed about school? Have questions about resources or getting involved on campus? Feel like you need some support? Come stop by the Peer Support Center. The Peer Support Center is a drop-in space that's completely confidential and non-judgmental where you can talk to a fellow peer about anything. We're located in the basement of the JDUC in room 34 and we're open seven days a week from noon to 10 p.m. No issue is too big, too small, or too diverse. Everyone is welcome. And uh, you are... Listening to Finding a Voice here on CFRC 101.9 FM. We are located in Lower Carruthers Hall, Queen's University, Kingston, Ontario. My name is Bruce. Every Friday afternoon from 4 to 6 o'clock, we do stream live online as well at www.cfrc.ca. And uh, let's go ahead and move back into the February 26th. Queen's Poetry Slam event, again held at the Grad Club, and for the remainder of the hour you'll hear uh, all the readings from the first round of competition in the slam portion of that event. And following uh, Izzy's welcome to that portion and uh, the introduction, uh, I was a sacrificial poet that evening, so uh, let's just uh, let her roll from there. How's that? Here we go. All right, so we're going to start the slam. Now, the slam has judges, for those of you who've never been to a poetry slam before, which is fair, because they only happen once a month. <laughs> but just to, like, calibrate the judges, make sure they've got their, like, you know, they know what their numbers between 1 and 10 are, uh, it's a hard time. We're all going through it. Midterms? Anybody else? Um, so we're going to have a sacrificial poet. And thankfully, our friend Bruce has volunteered to be our sacrificial poet. So, do we love him? Yes! Yes! 
I have, uh, as a bit of a preface, I have been a sacrificial, sacrificial poet here a number of times over the course of Queen's Poetry Slam's life. And I was thinking about this uh, way back last fall, and I haven't had a chance to make a slam yet, so this is kind of dedicated to Queen's Poetry Slam, and I guess all of you tonight. So it's called Reflection. I'm just some old guy, maybe a poet, here again standing at the mic at Queen's Poetry Slam, delivering some sort of what I call my own poetry, decent or not, that's not the point. Years ago I went to the first one ever, their very first at the Sleepless Goat, their first October spooky slam. But even all this is not the point. Instead, point is, here I am standing in front of late teens, early 20-year-olds for the most part. Point is, what can I recite? What Can what I recite help or hinder or even hurt? offer pause of hardship and harshness that only remind or sugarcoat, and in the doing seem dismissive at best, or even intelligence insulting or worse. Point is, what can I say that I haven't already said? Point is, that any of you who believe you are a poet or not can write a poem, can stand here in good heart and share it. The point is, not everyone has to like your poem, but some of them surely will. The point is, me here tonight, the sacrificial poet, is almost irrelevant just a starting point, and the real point is what you read here tonight might for just even one person give them hope, let them feel, or maybe, maybe change or even save their life, or maybe, maybe, maybe even change or save your own. Thank you. Okay, that was uh, my reading as sacrif uh, sacrificial poet uh, leading into it at Queen's Poetry, uh, leading into the slam portion of the event uh, at Queen's Poetry Slam held again on February 26th. Up next in that first round of competition, here is Jack Williams. Next poem is going to be, pretend not to look. I don't know what any of you said. Now it's Taylor. Do we love her? Yes!
wasn't prepared to only have to choose one poem, so I've chosen this one on the fly. Also, I have to say that I remember Bruce at the Sleepless Goat, and every time I heard the Sleepless Goat mentioned, I just want to take like a moment of silence to remember. <laughs> I miss it so much. Anyway, uh, this poem is about residential schooling, so a little bit of a trigger warning if anyone is impacted by residential school narratives. Yeah, okay, it has no title. Hush, a silence fills the room and the clock ticks on. Silence cements the gaps between the logs in the home built so long ago with a fire once burned on the hearths surrounded by children taken. Screams, then, when the officers came Arms strained to hold on to the babies like sinews stretching until it breaks. Sinew heartstrings wound tightly around like a braid, protector of language of spirit of truth. Even when the tongue is numb from tripping over English, hush. Silence from the father sliding snake-like around, winding the edges of skirts up into cropped hair where braids used to be. Silence, when the blade cuts, hush. When the babies came home, adults, alone, lost. Silence filling their mouths along with the stringing stream of fire water, making its way down to the demons, only to create darkness of its own. Hush, hush, silence while the banner, hundreds of feet long, carried by warriors with the 2,800 names, 1,600 still unnamed, red like the blood shed at the hands of those places that tried to unwind the sinew, protecting the hearts of those children whose spirits they tried to silence. And I am so sorry about that. Apparently, I think I skipped over. I don't know, or maybe I just didn't enter it into the system. Uh, but I said you were going to hear Jack Williams. You, in fact, heard uh, Taylor Ty, who was uh, the next uh, poet up in the slam competition. So you did just hear Taylor Ty in that first-round competition at Queen's Poetry Slam's uh, event held at the Grad Club on February 26th. Let's go back, and I think I have located uh, Jack's uh, Jack's reading. So hopefully, you're now you're going to hear Jack Williams. Let's see how this works out. For the rest of the books, I'm going to pull them out of Billy's Star Wars hat. So I did bring a hat. So our first official slam poet for the night is going to be Jack. Do we love him? Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Hello, everyone. Hi, guys. Um, I've never been able to come up with a title for this that wasn't cheesy, so no title. I'm just going to go right into it. <clears throat> 
The most beautiful thing that can be said about love is the truth. But the most true thing that can be said about love is that there is no truth. There is only what works and what does not work. And even these are contingencies, as fickle and disaster-prone as our bodies. Fourteen lines cannot exhaust it. I do cannot encompass it. It is as private as a prayer, yet it is nothing if not shared. Venture it across that seething dark between lives in the hope that it will be intact when it reaches the other side. But love can never be intact, never solid. It is nothing more than a thought which belongs to one moment sealed off from us by the next, forever a second away from becoming a stranger. Nothing could ever be stranger than, than a love that works. And stranger still, a love that works for years, one that works like play, treating its own ridiculousness with absolute seriousness and committing two separate minds to the same intangible designs. A love that works even when it does not, because it has taught you to be wrong and broken and humbled the same way that gods do. I have lived a love that worked and have been often asked how by friends whom love has scarred and soured. My best advice has been categorically rejected. The truths I've lived by systematically refuted, argued down to platitudes, then apologies and sighs. The easiest answer I've been able to give them is that there are no easy answers. And the best answer is the refusal to accept a life without one. I'm sorry. That is as far as answers have taken me. Truth, I have come to learn, is not always an answer. And that, I think, is the most beautiful thing that can be said about truth, and also the most terrible, that it, like love, is more beautiful than true. Thank you. what I want this to be called. And another time, on my way from my seat to the stage, I once changed a poem's name like three times and ended up exactly where I started it and still hated it. It's because I accidentally named it after a song in Rent. I was like, no, I can't. But it's still called Seasons of Love. There's nothing I can do about it. Once you, once you realize that you did it, a song of rent for a poem by accident, like you can't go back, you know? All right, judges, are you ready? And you just heard uh, remarks by Izzy, who was emceeing the event, uh, following uh, Jack uh, Williams' first round uh, competition uh, reading at the Queen's Poetry Slam event held at the Grad Club on the 26th. Now, these were in the first round. Up next in it would have actually been Taylor, but you heard her already. So let's jump ahead to the next person who would have been up. And uh, you're going to hear Billy the Kid. So there are only two poets left. One of them is me, and one of them is Billy. Now that I've mentioned Billy, I feel like if I call her up next, I can't. It's going to seem fake. But I promise I'm going to read whatever this paper says. It does say Billy the Kid. Do we love her? You know I do. 
I miss the moon for one. Two times in a row! I feel guilty each time I look into the night sky. I see her face, and when she is fully turned towards me, it's as if we're making eye contact. Look, Miss, Grandmother Moon, I'm sorry. Moon ceremonies only happen every 28 days, and this is the only time I get to see these women. I listen to their stories, and we share food around our sacred fire, elves, and a tin can. With rattles and drums, we sing together, and voices all proud, nervous, and grateful. And you can hear the healing in every beat. The bowl of strawberries gets passed around and is mouthfuls of joy and juice. So, I want to call these women sisters as I know they are, but I don't feel like I deserve to. I flaked out on them like stale bannock, and if I apologized in jam, I'd still be left with seeds in my teeth and the aftertaste of being an afterthought on my tongue. Like, really, there are people to pray for, stories to listen to, songs to learn, and Nookamis chasing this boy has been futile at best. I'm grasping at smoke whenever I try to feel like I'm worth his time. And in the midst of being so sure it caught a plume in my hands, I held on too tightly. It looked as though the fumes were embracing me as I watched the smoke slide through my fingertips and into the lungs of the next person who inhaled. She understood better than I did how to breathe around him, and I should have known that whatever spark I thought there was had died by then. Well, I am much too watered to hold on to sparks. And if I'm as wise as the tides, I'll reach back towards the women I want to call sisters the next time your gravity pulls me towards our meetings. I want to sing. I want to listen. I want to breathe in the smell of burning tobacco, sage, and cedar instead of the smell of sweat on summer nights. I'll wash myself in the smoke of an abalone shell and smudge my breath until it starts working again. Look, miss. I'm sorry I missed you twice. I still love you, I still love myself, and I still love the women I want to call sisters. Thank you. Dan, you just uh, heard Billy the Kid in the first round competition at uh, Queen's Poetry Slams event held at the Grad Club on February 26th. Uh, I want to apologize for that background noise. I do not know what that is. I've got a very sensitive mic on the recorder, and uh, it almost sounded, I don't know, it must have picked that up. I don't recall there being that noise that close, so it must have picked it up from somewhere in the distance that evening. Anyway, my apologies for those couple of points in there where there was that outside noise. And... Uh, we're going to move into the final reading in that first round uh, that evening. I will mention that uh, I won't move in. There wouldn't be room to start the second round uh, in this hour. Well, there would be room to start it, but there certainly wouldn't be room to finish it. Uh, so I thought I'd just keep uh, the two separate, and we'll start uh, the second round at the top of the second hour today. And that does allow me a little bit of time for... Uh, sharing events and calls for submissions. So I'll take a little bit of time at the end of this hour to do that, but I'll definitely have a lot more time at the end of the second hour to do it. Also, uh, I am uh, 
going to play, um, I don't get to always play music, so I'm going to play a little bit of music also this, uh, uh, both this hour and the next hour, even more in the next hour, I believe, uh, but at least two songs, and again, maybe three songs, uh, I just uh, came across an old album I had that I really like, so I'm going to uh, uh, share, uh, again, at least a couple of songs or three, and I'll introduce that after. I'll just kind of leave it up in the air, uh, but uh, I don't want to take away from the next reader, And but I will just bleed it right in after... Uh, uh, her reading. So up next, you're going to hear Queen's Poetry Slam host and MC that evening, Izzy Fettergreen, in the, as the final reader in the first round of competition at Queen's Poetry Slam. That event was held again at the Grad Club on February 26th. Here we go. Just says my name. So, do we love me? I guess. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna be reading a poem that I wrote. <laughs> Fucker, I know. Um, I can't really figure out a name for this, but the one I've landed on right now sounds really suspicious. And it's called Don't Date Your Parents. <laughs> Promise it makes sense. And I never introduced him to my parents. At the time, I told myself it was because I wasn't allowed to date, but now that sounds like bullshit. But maybe it's because I knew my father would meet him and know he wasn't a good man. And I know that if my mother had met him, she would have loved him. She always did tell me to end up with the man who knew how to take charge. Always thought I looked pretty with my hair tied in a bow always told my sister to kick down my sandcastles. They say, date people who are like your parents. He doesn't look like my mother. But is it enough that the sight of him makes my, me motherfucking sick to my stomach? They say, to, they do tend to look similar when reflected in my eyes, but maybe that's just because I have tears in them. I never introduced her to my parents. At the time, I told myself it was because I wasn't allowed to date. But maybe I knew then that my mother wouldn't approve because she wasn't a good man. And that if he knew she was my girlfriend, my father would love her. But that if it wasn't a secret anymore, maybe she wouldn't love me. And I wanted her to love me. They say that we usually date people who are like our parents, and she didn't look anything like my mother. She smiled far too much for that. But is it enough that she makes me laugh the way that my father does? She definitely has my father's knack for making my mother fucking sick to her stomach. <laughs> and is that enough? It is interesting how two people I thought I loved could be so different. If he was my hard place, she was my rock, and I wasn't stuck so much as the only thing that ever came between them. <laughs> it's funny enough that once I was gone, they found each other, only to find out that the only thing they had in common was me. The truth is, I don't know much, but I do know that he was no good for me. A jar full of whiskey and a fire-breathing dragon. 
but as a boyfriend. And I knew that she was too good for me. A jar of fireflies instead of butterflies and a princess in shining armor. Growing up is realizing that it's not about good enough or not enough. It's just about being right. Lord knows I breathe enough fire for both of us. It just looks like poetry. And everyone knows the princess doesn't end up with the dragon. Not unless you're Robert Munch. So I drank up all his whiskey. And I swallowed all the fireflies. And I put them into this poem, the only place they ever both belonged. Consider this poem putting them to bed. It is full of every emotion I ever swallowed. Take my advice and never copy me. Emotions are harder to swallow than swords. That's why I cough them up in poetry. But they are messier than swords, too. It's why this poem doesn't make any sense. It's, but at least it sounds good. <laughs> I don't make any sense, but at least I look good. <laughs> and life doesn't make any sense, but at least I feel alive. Love doesn't make any sense, but at least it makes me feel alive, so be careful. Emotions are way less forgiving than swords, and they taste way worse. So be careful, because this poem is full of swords. Be careful, because the pen that I wield is mightier than any sword, and I would be glad to introduce it to my mother. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for your honesty. All right, we're gonna take a quick five-minute break. I'm gonna time it. Not usually on time, but I will be. Um, everybody go support the grad club, buy a drink. Lord knows I need one. Um, yeah, we'll see you back here in five
just heard in order uh, the uh, oops man I'm just having all kinds of trouble with technology today I'm sorry about that too uh, you just heard in order Izzy Fettigreen uh, co-host uh, and of uh, and also MC uh, that evening or I should say hosted MC that evening of the uh, Queen's Poetry Slam event uh, with her reading and then her her closing short comments uh, ending the first half and sending us to break and then you heard uh, from uh, Massive Attacks uh, I believe it was 1998 I think that uh, was their third album called Mezzanine and the song was called Teardrop again I'm hoping to play at least another song and maybe two off that in the second hour we'll see how it goes uh, so uh, should say uh, you are listening to Finding a Voice here on CFRC 101.9 FM we are located in Lower Carruthers Hall Queen's University Kingston Ontario my name is Bruce here every Friday afternoon from 4 to 6 o'clock we do stream live online as well at www.cfrc.ca I've got a sh- just a couple of minutes here, well, a few minutes, I guess, ahead of uh, 5 o'clock uh, to share a few. Now, I think I'm going to do submissions in this uh, portion, this hour of the show. And in the second hour, I'm going to talk more about some upcoming events. I think I counted, counting uh, what's coming up or already going on. There are a couple of them. 
uh, that continue into this weekend, one of them even beyond that. Uh, so counting those two, there are two other events happening this weekend and uh, tomorrow and also in total uh, 10 events in this coming week and I think five in the week after. So we're going to try to get through some of those. Uh, I'll share some of those and get them out there for you. I hope you can stay tuned for the second hour today because uh, right after the top of the hour, we're going to catch that second round of the February 26th uh, Queen's Poetry Slam event held at the Grad Club. And in it, you're going to hear readings. Let's see if I can get them in order this time. <laughs> By Izzy, Taylor, Jack, and uh, Billy. And, uh, oh, yeah, my quick mention as well is that uh, each hour of this show each week is uploaded to my blog space for it shortly after I get home and will remain here, um, remain there for four years. Uh, it's, uh, and you can find it at finding a voice on cfrcfm.wordpress.com. And I'm sure you already know that's all one word. So there you go. Uh, there. Let's go ahead and move into these calls for submissions. I think I'm going to share a couple of them. The first, I th I just checked the website and in their blog space, I should say, and I should and. From the way I read it, it is still open uh, for submissions. Uh, the online journal is called Halibut, and they're looking for micro poems. So, a call uh, their call for submissions is uh, for micro poems is actually ongoing and often themed calls with deadlines. And I'm going to mention one of those. They prefer unpublished short uh, forms, such as uh, things like haiku or haiban or tanka or even visual poems. Uh, currently, they say of most interest are poems dealing with the leap year and equinox or solstice. So, And uh, they'd like you to indicate on the subject line of uh, your email if you're submitting poems on these subjects because that way they get in ahead of the deadline. They'll probably pull up through uh, ones that are being submitted that, that will go into since it is open for since their submissions are ongoing I'm sure they're getting uh, submissions all the time so that would help them just sort and separate uh, it says uh, I'm just going to uh, it says you can include up to three poems in a single word doc attachment to and it's halibut haiku and that's h-e-l-i-b-u-t-h-a-i-k-u at gmail.com. I would suggest you uh, check out their publication and uh, their uh, blog space at https colon slash slash halibuthaiku.blogspot.com. And uh, they're saying uh, that uh, obviously, or I shouldn't say obviously, but the call for equ equinox and uh, solstice are still open. Even, I believe, the call for leapings, uh, poems for the leap year, is open, but it is ending very soon, it says, on their blog space. So I, you might want to check the website or the blog spot or the blog space uh, that I mentioned uh, just to make sure it is still open and take a chance and get one in there. Or up to three, it sounds like, in a single word doc. So anyway, all, the, all of the guidelines are there. Uh, you have the... Uh, Links so you can find all the information that you should need. Uh, briefly, too, I want to throw out because it's still open until April 22nd, but the way 
time goes, it happens quickly. Uh, the Kingston Arts Council is now accepting applications for uh, 2020 City of Kingston Arts uh, Fund for uh, their grants, administered by the uh, Kingston Art Council uh, on behalf of the City of Kingston. Uh, the program uh, is comprised of two funding streams, operating grants and project grants. Uh, CKAF uh, provides grants to local arts organizations and collectives to foster creativity at all levels and enrich how Kingston residents experience and engage with the arts. Uh, I copied that from their February 5th press re release. There's a lot more information. If you just go to www.artskingston.ca, uh, I'm sure that you will quickly find, uh, throw in... Uh, City of Kingston Arts Fund in that uh, internet search with, uh, uh, yeah, Arts Kingston. I'm, I'm sure it's so prevalent and so upfront right now with uh, an expiration again of April 22nd. I'm sure it can be easily located. At least that will take you to the right location for it. And with that, it is 5 o'clock. Welcome back. If, in case you left and came back, or if you're just coming on, welcome into the second hour. It is, again, just a few seconds after 5 o'clock. You are listening to Finding a Voice here on CFRC 101.9 FM. We are located in Lower Carruthers Hall, Queen's University, Kingston, Ontario. My name is Bruce. I'm here every Friday afternoon from 4 to 6 to stream live online at www.cfrc.ca. And uh, in the first hour, you heard readings from the open mic and then readings uh, from the first round of competition at the February 26th Queen's Poetry Slam event held at the Grad Club. In this second hour now, you're going to hear from the second round competition in that same event, and you're going to hear readings, uh, I believe they're in this order this time, uh, by uh, Taylor Tai. Queen's Poetry Slam host and MC Izzy Fettergreen, Jack Williams, and then Billy the Kid. Uh, this first, though, the usual hourly announcement. Occasionally some poetry, uh, spoken word, or music played on this show may contain strong language, but all is played in its entirety with content unedited to honor the creative integrity of both the author and the piece. Okay, again, in this second round, our second hour, you're, you'll hear the second round of readings from the slam competition at uh, the February 26th uh, Queen's Poetry Slam event held at the Grad Club. And uh, following a short intermission that evening, that if you were in the first hour, you heard the break for that. Uh, up first, uh, what you're going to hear is a welcome back and intros by MC and host Izzy Fettergreen. And uh, then you'll, you'll hear uh, an intro to the first slam poet, who will be Taylor Ty. And uh, then following that, again, readings in this order, Izzy Fettergreen, Jack Williams, and then Billy the Kid, I believe that is correct. We're going to see how this all works out. I thought it was going to be correct in the first hour. Let's see if I got it right. Here we go. All right, so we're gonna do a second round of slams. Um, hopefully you guys can eat and score at the same time. <laughs> Tricky, I know. 
But we're going to call the first quote back up. Which is Taylor. Do we love her? Story. Taylor's my friend, and I extra love her. Um, we're in an indigenous literature and creative writing course, and basically we, we, we talk about everything, actually. It's like a, we just talk the entire time. There's never, ever been a presentation or a formal lecture. We sit in a circle with seven people, and that's our class. It's wonderful, and basically Taylor has been hyping up this poem, and um, I'm very excited for it. And I wanted everyone else to kind of like know that I was excited and feel my excited energy and like be as excited as I am. And um, yeah, I want to give her an extra welcome onto the stage. Yeah, Taylor. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna, I guess I'm gonna read the uh, White Man Moccasin poem then. Because <laughs> Holly wants me to read it. Okay. Um, so basically the backstory to this poem is my friend and her boyfriend were over and her boyfriend's in the army, God bless his soul, um, and he's, he's as woke as he can be, but anyway I was wearing moccasins that I had just ordered from Manitoba Mucklucks and I love them so much, and he looks over and he's like, did you make those moccasins? And I'm like, no, I haven't learned how to make them yet, but one day I hope to, and this was his response. And this is my poem about his response. <laughs> it's called, Moccasins Were Not Made for White Man's Wars. White man sits across from me, cozy on the round chair, like a bird in a nest. White man looks around at the space I've created, claiming he wants his home to look like mine someday. He looks down at my feet and asks as if I made the moccasins I was wearing. No, I said, but I love them anyway. I see, he says. I'm going to make my own someday, he said, to wear at my cottage, he said. And proceeded to tell me about a Joseph Boyden story he once read and how army boots don't let you feel the earth as well as moccasins do. This white man in my home who knew next to nothing about me sat coveting my things and telling me he could do better. Moccasins were meant to feel the earth, just like the soles of our feet are meant to feel the earth, and combat boots are not meant to feel the earth. Combat boots are not meant to feel anything. Moccasins are not meant to fight white men's wars. Moccasins are meant to be a sh are not meant to be a showpiece at a white man's cottage kicked up on a lawn chair or a cooler of course light. Moccasins show our resilience to the wars of white men, to the coveting gaze of white men, to our bond with Mother Earth. So tell me again, white men, how could you make moccasins? <laughs> And you just heard uh, 
first, uh, Queen's Poetry Slam host and MC Izzy Fettergreen with her welcome back to the second half of the event. And then Taylor Ty in the second round of the Slam competition portion of uh, the Queen's Poetry Slam event held at the Grad Club on February 26th. Up next in that second round, here is host Izzy Fettergreen and her reading in the second round. The next poet is, oh no, it's me. (laughs) I'm going to read a poem I wrote in Alberta at my grandmother's house. Do we love her? (laughs) I'm going to read a poem that I wrote over reading break while I was in Alberta. And I was supposed to be writing an essay, and instead I was listening to Mamma Mia and writing this. There is a content warning for depression. Uh, it's really it. Also like the monster under your bed if you're afraid of the dark. <laughs> That's about it. <clears throat> this is called The Monster Under and In My Bed. Life is sometimes really hard. Sometimes you let the darkness come because you think Feeling numb is at least better than feeling like shit. But you are not you are only trading one nightmare for another. It is not better, just easier, and not for long. Eventually you realize heartbreak is just a bad dream that you eventually wake up from. But depression is the monster under your bed. No matter how hard the pinch, he'll be back when the lights turn off. The thing is, if you stay all all night worrying about the monster under your bed, you never sleep. And if you don't break, if you don't sleep, the heartbreak nightmares can't touch you. When the depression monster settles in, when he coils under your bed like a salamander, he's holding the heartbreak back. The secret is, he swallowed it. Not just the heartbreak. But everything else, it is a poisonous potion of peril, and he will throw it back in your face the moment you start to gain a footing in the fight against him. He is a shark, able to keep poison in his stomach until he is faced with an enemy, and then he throws up the entire stomach, inside out, getting rid of good and bad. Getting over about depression is turning yourself inside out. It is overcoming poison. It is a relentless battle, and winning sometimes hurts more than losing. I have always called the monster under my bed man, because it is arrogant and attention-seeking and always hungry. A monster by any other name would smell as sour. Occasionally, I discover that there is also a monster in my bed, but at least they don't curl up in my face most of the time. It is sometimes the femme monsters who have the sharpest claws. Sometimes the monsters who don't fit in the gender binary have the pointiest teeth. But depression, he's a man. Because depression will never apologize with a simple, I'm sorry. Depression likes to beat around the bush. Depression likes to say, I'm sorry you misunderstood me accidentally and felt nothing for an entire month. Depression likes to say, I'm sorry you thought I meant for you to go from feeling nothing to feeling like nothing. I'm sorry that I'm an asshole that you fell for. I'm sorry that you got hurt by how I made you hate literally everything about yourself. 
Depression shows me he's sorry by smiling and giving me an apology apple laced with months and a bunch of crying. Depression says he'll give me everything back. But what he means is that after a bunch of crying, suddenly I need to feel everything at once. He calls his poison tears. It is not sadness, because I'm not really sad or mad, just crying. What he means is he's sorry I didn't understand what he meant. He says he'll help, but that just means swallowing them again. Depression and heartbreak are often similar in a lot of ways. They usually have something to do with the other, and they both have terrible timing. They both make me think that zoodles should be eaten on top of cold garlic bread, and they both wait until you are dark and alone to pounce. But the greatest common denominator is that they are the villains in this story. And I might not be Earth's mightiest hero, I might not even be a hero. But the villains never win. They are always overcome, and so I will overcome. And you just heard uh, Queen's Poetry Slam host and MC Izzy Fettergreen in the second round of the slam competition portion at Queen's Poetry Slam's event held at the Grand Club on February 27th. Up next in that second round, here is Jack Williams. All right. Now we have two poems left, which means that this poet is one of my favorite words, and I learned this word from Billy the Kid, and this word is penultimate. Everybody say penultimate. Penultimate. That was bad. You can do better than that. Everybody say penultimate. Penultimate. That was better. Anyways, the penultimate means second to last. You couldn't tell. And I think it's a great word, but it also means that the last poem is the ultimate poem. What a fine word ultimate is. <laughs> Jack. You are not touch Thank you very much. Alright, uh, so this is a shorter one. Um, it's about a crazy, transcendent, utopian experience that I once had while I was crowd surfing at a show. If you've never crowd surfed before, you have to fucking crowd surf. It's like the greatest sensation. Anyway, uh, it was an August Burns Red concert. They're like a hardcore band. It's okay. it's a lot of fun. You can do it anywhere, don't worry. <laughs> Except for here, obviously. Anyway. <laughs> Upholding, as one is well advised to uphold, the judgment of many millennia of philosophy, science, and history one should know better than to ever leave oneself at the mercy of oceans or of large crowds of people. And so the mere thought of entering this large crowd of people moving and thinking as an ocean, their depth and desire and danger all crammed into sweaty bodies, crammed into a sketchy venue, roaring with aggressive music and beers, precarious joy at 11 p.m. on a weeknight, should make even the most shameless idealist pause. Heads have been lopped off under far more ideal conditions. Infinitely more unified mobs have trampled their own underfoot. One should know to stay aloof, keep a studied eye on the unstable center, 
bracing for the moment when things fall apart and deafened bodies brawl, screaming into the deafening. If nothing else, one should at least know better than to rush, shoving and flailing into the churning core of the mosh pit and stand there a moment, eyes closed, grinning, feeling that this place is a church. And yet here I am, sweat-drenched and edified, body surrendering to spirit as it yields to pushing and heaving, to falling and lifting and carrying, to the unearned support of hands that may have broken jaws or ribs or hotkeyed cars or swiped goods from store shelves mere hours ago, but which will not allow me to fall and will wrench me right back up if I do, as they bear me up toward the stage as though I belong on it, toward the source of music I can hardly hear through all the blinding lights. Thank you. And you just heard Jack Williams in the second round of the Slam competition portion at Queen's Portrait Slams event, again held at the Grad Club on on February 26th. Up next, and he was, as uh, Izzy said, the penultimate poet. So now the ultimate poet, I guess, according to her, and as it would be, the final poet of uh, both... Uh, the second round and the evening. Here is Billy the Kid. Our last poet to close up to before we take a look at the final scores and give out some prizes uh, is Billy the Kid. Do we love her? Yes! Okay, I got some new stuff for you, and before I begin, uh, it's worth noting two things. First, I have the same name as my father. Second, this is a five-part poem titled, Joni, 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 Whoops, Joni, Whoops, Joni, 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 Joni. Let me repeat that. Joni, 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 Whoops, Joni, Whoops, Joni, 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 Joni. Here's how it happens, Joni. I meet Joni in my father's oldest photo album. Joni balances on the base of Cameron Falls in February. Her glasses whisper 80s, and Joni grins at my father through the camera lens. Johnny, my father texts me at work and has the nerve to ask if he's ever mentioned that I have a brother. Johnny is 30, lives in BC, and his mother was a granola head with a goofy smile. Johnny, my father sends me a picture of Johnny's face. Johnny has my father's eyes and they crinkle above the bridge of Joni's nose. Joni's beard wraps around their features, and I think it might smell like oysters. I catch my reflection in the screen, see my flat nose, my mother's eyes. Johnny, standard icebreaker. Got any siblings? I pause. For what I now realize is too long. I say that Johnny said he'd call me, but hasn't, and until he does, I will call him nothing other than Johnny. Whoops, Johnny, whoops, like this photo on Instagram. Johnny, 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 Johnny. Johnny and I talk for what must be an hour, maybe more. Johnny's voice is higher than I was expecting. Haley says it's like my voice, but if it cracked. He asks me about my mom. I say Vina. About my dad, we say Billy, who was also technically his dad. And then Johnny asks me how I love. He says he asked Joni the same thing when they met three years ago and they've been close friends ever since. 
He says he loves Lake Jonin, fast and full, a romantic. I tell him I love too quickly, I too love quickly. Cite how Billy loves, how Vina loves, how they met in a bar and flirted over a high-stakes game of pool. I tell Johnny that I am a poet and that I like the details. I love the details. I made playlists for the people I love and that Billy made me playlists on tape decks when I was six and I'd let Vicky Carr and Jimi Hendrix sing me to sleep. Johnny says he still has a tape deck and makes playlists for his loves too. He looks like he's watching me when I say these things. Okay, it's a video call. So of course he's watching me, but he's really watching me. Like with all of his stare and a half smile swallowed into something like wonder and relief. And I think maybe I've got him. Like, you know when a first date goes really well and you think, wow, we've got number two in the bag and neither of you can wait because you know that by some miracle, some magic, whatever you did worked. And I think I might have a brother. I think Johnny could be my brother. Thank you. The only like anecdote that I can say that is still like impartial about Billy is that one time I was trying to describe poetry slams to my friend who usually comes with me but has a midterm tonight, which is fair. Um, and I said, yeah, and it's run by this really amazing girl, and her name is Billy the, and I couldn't remember, it was kidding, I was like, I think it's Pirate, and now I always think of Billy the Pirate. <laughs> but also, pirates are like the only thing I can talk to kids about and feel like somewhat knowledge, not like knowledgeable about, because my five-year-old sister loves pirates. I only know one five-year-old that, well, I only know one five-year-old, but I only know one five-year-old that likes pirates as much as my little sister does. And she had a pirate-themed birthday party, and that's so much better than princesses, because we got to talk about parrots and eye patches. And that's, what else do you want, you know? And like, sure, there was some Tinkerbell talk, but like, I wasn't involved in that. I was focused on parrots. Because birds are fascinating and terrifying. Never trust a bird, especially geese. Geese have teeth? I mean, it's horrifying. Anyways. <laughs> Give it up for our judges. Thank you so much, judges. I went around to five people and I was like, hey, here's a whiteboard, here's how it works. <laughs> In case you don't know how whiteboards work. Thank you very much. <laughs> Everybody give it up for the grad club as well for giving us this wonderful time. Yeah. Yeah. Is he the pirate from now on? Who knows, Billy? All right, I'm gonna talk to my co-host real quickly about scores, and we'll give us some prizes. I meant to bring it for a prize tonight, and I forgot it. 
because I've had a chaotic day, I felt twice. <laughs> Which is not less than usual, but it is a lot. Okay. I'm great. <laughs> All right, so coming in at third place was Jack. Give it up for Jack. plastic skeleton, which is pretty cool. That's pretty cool. And it's apparently been hanging above Holly's stove for like three years. I swear I used to have something just exactly like this. How wonderful. Thank you all. Thank you so much. Are we connected? Coming in second place is Taylor. Give it up for Taylor. One of them is a shirt on a concussion conference that says, I love brands. And the other is some paint that we stole with a paintbrush. There's multiple colors of paint. We do love brands in this house. heard Billy the Kid in the second round of the slam competition portion at Queen's Poetry Slams event held at the Grad Club on February 26th. And following her reading, uh, uh, that uh, 
uh, followed both the stories and final scores uh, were tabulated. So uh, uh, you heard closing comments uh, as they all did that uh, by uh, Queen's Poetry Slam host and MC again that evening, Izzy Fettergreen. And you know what? I would, I mentioned I was going to play a little more music, and I am going to do that now. Off that same album, I'm going to play a song called Man Next Door. So here again is Massive Attack off of Mezzanine with Man Next Door.
And you just heard Massive Attack off there. I believe it was a 1998 uh, album called Mezzanine and a song called Man Next Door. Probably should do this uh, before we move on, and I'll be right back. I mean, if there's a listener-supported radio station, you're, it means that people can get daily, every day, a different way of looking at the world, not just what the corporate media want you to see, but a different picture, different understanding, but a different picture, different understanding. Not only can you hear it, but you can participate in it. You can add your own thoughts, you know, and you can learn something and so on. Well, that's the way, uh, well, that's the way, uh, well, that's the way uh, people become uh, human, you know. That's the way you become human participants in a, in a social and political system. Shirelli, here on CFRC 101.9, Monday nights at 7. Community House for Self-Reliance, widely known as 99 York, has for 30 years been providing a central, low-cost meeting space for groups that allow like-minded people to come together to learn from one another, to share resources and trade skills. The goal of this house is to act as an integral part of the neighborhood in which it is located. On a typical evening, an autism caregiver relief group will be at 99 York, together with a 12-step organization and a transgendered support group while a social justice and homeschooling group may be booked in the following day. The community house is also available for less official functions, such as barbecues, birthday and office parties, and other social gatherings. We are proud to also serve the Queen's community. For more information, visit 99 York Street in Kingston. Go to www.99york.org, email info at 99york.org, or call 613-542-1136. Do you like to dance? Tune into The Hustle with DJ Bolt every Friday night between 11 p.m. and midnight. Where you'll hear all the newest dance, electronic, French touch, booty bass, ghetto, deep, and tech house remixes and more. Let The Hustle take you to midnight and beyond at 11 p.m. on 4 to the Floor Fridays. Only on CFRC 101.9 FM. And you are listening to Finding a Voice here on CFRC 101.9 FM. 
We are located in Lower Carruthers Hall, Queen's University, Kingston, Ontario. My name is Bruce here every Friday afternoon from 4 to 6 o'clock. We do stream live online as well at www.cfrc.ca. And uh, going to uh, move into, because there are so many events going on, I do want to give them some credit. Uh, there are, have been a few weeks in the past where... I always I haven't been able to uh, do as much as I'd like, and I feel a bit guilty about it. Uh, so what I'm going to do, and actually there are some events that are actually in the process. They're going on right now. Also two more, I believe it's two, could even be three. Uh, oh, my gosh. Just three events coming up the way I have it here on uh, this Saturday. So five events, really, in the next, well. You'll see. Let's do that first. Currently, it's going on right now. It's a play called Our House, and it's at the Grad Club. It's uh, co-created by Tracy Guptill, uh, Mariah Horner, uh, Liam uh, Bidmead, and Kay Kinney. Uh, The original concept was actually created by Mariah Horner and uh, Kyle Holleran. Our House is described as a meditation on the cyclical nature of civil engagement in public spaces, a little bit of time traveling and a lot of millennial grumbling and maybe a dance party or two. Uh, This is a Cellar Door Project and an Anarch Theater co-production. You can find more info and bios and a link for it at uh, www.cellardoorproject.com slash our house and then i think that will get you close enough there uh to get there uh to the site it is actually playing i'm going tonight as well Uh, i couldn't make the fourth the opening night was on the fourth it is playing the sixth okay let's do this because there's one night in there's a little bit different so at these will start at 8 p.m so tonight march 6th march 7th march 10th and March 13th at 8 p.m., and then on March 9th at 9 9 p.m. Again, the Grad Club, 162 Berry Street. Uh, The play is called Our House. And I was fortunate enough to sit in on one of the, I don't, I forget exactly the right term for it, but it was kind of like a a feedback, uh, talkback, I think that's what it was, performance or a piece of a performance in the works was done and i believe they did that five times i think i attended the fifth one it's going to be quite uh it's going to be really good uh yeah and if uh you happen i think it was in yesterday's uh wig uh kingston wig i think there was an article on it or it could have been earlier this week but anyway uh it was uh, there's a bit more information in there as well but You'll probably get everything you need again at www.cellardoorproject.com slash our house, and that should get you close enough to to find the information you want. Uh, Also going on that started yesterday uh, was uh, Big Book Sale. It's a fundraising event. It's GVCA at the Agnes Etherington Arts Center. And the Graduate Visual Cultural Association, which is GVCA, and the Agnes Etherington Arts Center will present an event. It's called the Big Book Sales Four-Day Event, 
will offer at bargain rates an eclectic range of pre-loved and owned books, rare vintage art history texts, visual culture publications, popular fiction, and more. I worked there yesterday and... uh, uh, not the event, but outside the event uh, in that area. And, uh, yeah, it's really cool. Uh, so, again, uh, it's the hours of operation. So uh, it was actually open in the evening uh, last night, uh, but uh, we're now past. Uh, it's closed already for Friday. But for s- tomorrow and Sunday, it is uh, March 7th, March 8th. It's uh, open from 1 to 5 p.m. Again, the Agnes Etherington Arts Center, uh, 36 University Avenue, uh, queensu.ca. There's also a Facebook event for it. Uh, just I believe if you just type in Big Book Sale and uh, something about art, uh, which should be enough to pull up the site. Uh, the month uh, there's a monthly series Kingston Front Neck Public Library puts on. It's relatively new. Uh, yeah, this is the third presentation in a new monthly uh, brainstorm series, is what it's called. So, brainstorm and again, a relatively new monthly series of presentations by students uh, from Queen Center for Neuroscience uh, Studies at. Uh, Kingston Frontenac Public Library's Calvin Park Branch. This uh, month, the series features Ph.D. candidate Leif Sematis as he talks about art- artificial intelligence in the medical field. And again, that is uh, at the Kingston uh, Frontenac Public Library at Calvin Park, which is at 88 Wright Crescent. Uh, I think it's Lane Boulevard, but Wright Crescent. Maybe that's all there is. And uh, that's coming up tomorrow, March 7th, from 2 to 3.30 p.m. And then following that, uh, Viva Voce uh, is uh, produced by Blue Canoe. And uh, Viva Voce uh, Chaos is the name of the event, which is also a way that you can find in Facebook, find the event uh, page in Facebook. It's going to be held at the Community House, which is, uh, again, I just... Uh, plugged it a few minutes ago at 99 York Street. Uh, the event uh, will host, or the let's just do it this way. I'm just going to read it. Viva Voce Chaos, uh, produced by Blue Canoe Theatrical Productions, Inc., will host a storytelling event taking place on, uh, again, tomorrow at the Community House. Uh, Viva Voce gives local youth ages uh, 13 to 30 an opportunity to share their voices through stories. Uh, it says anyone is welcome to attend, but only those in that youth age group will be reading or performing. Uh, don't know if the call still open. It may be for those wishing to perform, but there's also a Facebook event uh, for that as well. So uh, one, uh, probably the main event is just Viva Voce Chaos, and the other one might say Viva Voce Chaos Call or something like that. Uh, should be pretty easy to figure out. So if you still want to read and if it's still open, if it's still available, there you go. Then tomorrow night, and that's the last one, yeah, for tomorrow, but there's a launch and reading at Novel Idea Bookstore. Uh, Novel Idea, I think just about everybody knows, but in case you don't, it's located 156 Princess Street, right on the corner of uh, Princess and Baggett. Uh, it's going to be the second. Uh, she uh, emceed it last year, too, but it's going to be the second annual Anana International Women's Day reading. 
Uh, Elizabeth Green will be emceeing this event and uh, invites you to celebrate International Women's Day with five Inanna authors. Uh, Those reading will be Toronto novelist Hannah Brown with her debut novel, Look After Her. Lisa de Nicolets from Toronto with her new novel, The Occult Persuasion and the Anarchist Solution. Kate Kelly from Peterborough with her second debut novel, A Harsh and Private Beauty. And Ursula Flug uh, from Peterborough, uh, most recently with the young adult novel Mountain and Speculative uh, Fiction Dawn or I'm sorry, Down From, and I believe her new book will be coming out. I don't know if she'll be reading excerpts from that as well, and I am sorry. I mentioned it last week, said I was going to look it up and forgot, but I think it, I think her new book is going to be called Seed. But anyway, uh, you know what? Come to the event, and you can find out. And again, uh, host uh, following, or or maybe following, maybe in the middle of it somewhere, uh, host and local writer Elizabeth Green, who's uh, hosting the event, emceeing the event, uh, will be reading from her own work. Again, that is tomorrow, March 7th, from 6 to 8 p.m. Again, Novel Idea Bookstore, uh, 156 Princess Street. And then we've got uh, a usual weekly event uh, at the first part of next week. But also a new one uh, that's uh, not as long term, but uh, the, it's called a Tuesday evening uh, through the Kingston Frontenac Public Library. It's a Tuesday evening genealogy drop in. Uh, anybody interested in learning more about how to do family history research can drop by the central branch of the Kingston Frontenac Public Library between 6:30 and 8:30 on Tuesday. Tuesday evenings, yeah. This is this is gonna be yeah, out Tuesday evenings from March 10th through April 28th. Uh, it says meet with uh, Kingston Frontenac Public Library's local history librarian and other family history buffs to ask questions and pick up t- tips. It says all are welcome. No registration ne- necessary. This will run for almost two months. It'll run from March 10th through April 28th. So then that would make the next offering this coming, well, the next be the first offering uh, this coming Tuesday, March 10th, again, 630 to 8.30. Uh, the central branch of the Kingston Frontenac Public Library is 130 Johnson Street, so right in the heart of downtown. The following evening, then, our uh, more ongoing uh, weekly event that I mention just about every week uh, except for the month of August, the Limestone Writers uh, Writing Group meets every Wednesday evening to critique and support one another's uh, writing. Fiction, poetry, nonfiction, and memoir are all represented, they say. They meet at 7 p.m., again, from September through April in room 239 of Stauffer Library. They do meet in the late spring and summer as well, but it's a different time, but it's irrelevant right now. What you really need to know is their next writing group meets on Wednesday, March 11th at 7 p.m. If you're interested or have questions, contact. I'm sure you could just show up, to be honest with you. But you can contact David, D-P-R-A-T-T, 1939 at hotmail.com. And let's go back into had the page ahead here. Also happening Wednesday evening 
It's an off-season Kingston Writers Fest event, and it's uh, I'm not certain if it's Taima or Tima Kurdi. Uh, it's uh, that's who is being uh, featured. Uh, Kingston Writers Fest. This is kind of a co-production: the Kingston Writers Fest, uh, Queen's Student Experience Office, and Stoffer Library uh, present a special off-season Queen's. Queen's Reads event featuring author uh, Tima Curdy as she discusses her new book. And this is from, I'm going to read now from the uh, the Facebook page announcing it. Uh, the title of the book is called The Boy on the Beach. is an intimate and poignant memoir about the family of Alan Curdy, a young Syrian boy who became the global emblem emblem for the desperate plight of millions of Syrian uh, refugees. You may recall his picture on the beach. So anyway, tickets, www.kingstonwritersfest.ca. A book signing will follow the reading. Uh, the books will be available for sale Wednesday, again, March 11th from 7 o'clock to 8.30 p.m. This is going to be happening in Grant Hall right here on Queen's University campus. Uh, for those of you who are in the community and not quite sure where Grant Hall is, it's at 43 University Avenue in Kingston. There is also a Facebook event page for it. So uh, I'm going to, yeah... So let's see where I'm at here. Yeah, there's a Facebook event page for it. So just, uh, I think if you just uh, do Kingston Writers Fest and uh, and uh, the book, The Boy on the Beach, perhaps, or maybe Tima Kurdi, it's T-I-M-A-K-U-R-D-I. Most of that should uh, uh, should take you there. And you can also... I think probably just go to the Kingston Writers Fest. You can go to their website, www.kingstonwritersfest.ca, or their uh, Facebook page as well. And I'm sure there would be a link on there from one of those sites, a direct link. And uh, maybe you don't know. Yeah, that's okay. I've already, I think I've explained that well enough. So, uh, and then also coming up uh, this coming Wednesday through Sunday, uh, Kingston Canadian uh, Film Festival. Uh, the Kingston Canadian Film Festival is the largest festival in the world dedicated exclusively to Canadian film. Uh, the festival will celebrate its 20th year this year, and it says this will be the largest event ever. Uh, please check uh, the link below for performances, it says, for current information and schedules. should be able to find all that stuff now. It's uh, just... Uh, KingCanFilmFest.com. So there you go. Uh, there will be an environmental presentation called Seed Australia uh, with support from the Sisters of Providence and the Cataractway Conservation Foundation. 350 Kingston presents Canada to Australia Auction to Action, an evening of climate fundraising and climate action. There will be a silent auction, a short film, and speakers, and all proceeds go to benefit the climate protectors at Seed Australia. Learn about, uh, it says you can learn about everything. Donations are $5 or pay what you can. This is going to be uh, Thursday, March 12th, 7 to 9 p.m. at Next Church, which is located at 
89 Coburn Street in Kingston. And I made it. I got us through in just barely enough time because I want to think I'm going to try to throw. Nope, I'm not going to be able to do that. So I'm just going to keep going. So I'm going to get a little farther out here. Well, you know what? I'm going to go back and uh, visit a couple of calls for submissions that aren't as uh, time sensitive. Uh, because uh, some of them are might be interest uh, they're a little bit different if I can get my pages to separate here uh, Brickyard is through brick books uh, they're looking for recorded work uh, Brickyard it says uh, is an audiovisual hub proud to showcase excellence in uh, Canadian storytellers writers poets and spoken word artists uh, Brickyard features a range of beloved uh, book authors reading from their books, as well as a wide selection of new recordings by artists not currently on their print list. So there might be an opportunity if you have some recordings. Uh, so www.brickbooks, all one word, www.brickbooks.ca slash Brickyard. That is... Uh, that section of uh, that features recorded work. There is also, and this is a relatively new one uh, that I just uh, became aware of, uh, call for submissions from Coven Editions. Uh, there are many, uh, they're looking for many chapbook manuscripts. Uh, Coven Editions is currently accepting submissions of many chapbook manuscripts for poetry, short fiction, flash fix fiction, and literary genres. Submissions are accepted electronically only, preferably, it says, in a PDF format, maximum of 15 pages. So it says, to submit, please email your work with a brief a bio of 100 words or less, and uh, submissions at Coven Edition, so that's C-O-V-E-N-E-D-I-T-I-O-N-S dot com. It says... Uh, Coven uh, Editions is an inclusive and intersectional publisher. It accepts and encourages work from marginalized voices. www.coveneditions.com So you could also get that submission page if you didn't get it above from their direct website. I think maybe one final one, uh, maybe a bit more. Uh, you know what, I'm going to do a couple. Uh, these are short. Uh, call for submissions. Uh, this is new uh, that I wasn't aware of either, so it's kind of new to my list. Uh, Fairlight Moderns Collection. They're looking for novellas, and I believe this might be for an anthology. I'm not quite sure of that. haven't had time to research it, but I did get the word, so I want to get it out there. That says Farlight uh, Moderns Collection has a current call for novels. It says, and then it just says, please check their link for the full call. Triple W dot, and I'm going to spell it out. All one word, obviously. F A I R L I G H T B O O K S dot C O dot U K slash submission. So this is a UK publisher. Uh, so www.fairlightbooks.co.uk slash submissions. 
And it's kind of funny. It didn't plan it this way. I do have, and I've carried this one for quite a while, uh, one for a young writer's space. So uh, they're uh, looking for poetry writing and artwork. Young writer's space has an open call for poetry writing and artwork from those 16 years old or younger. So if you know some kids out there uh, that are interested, uh, they are also based in the UK, this publisher, and this is a subgroup of a larger group called Poetry Space. So this is Young Writer Space. Uh, got directions on how to get there, www.poetryspace.co.uk, and then uh, go to the home page. Then click down to uh, link to Young Writer Space, and it will take you right there. And I think I've pretty well covered everything I wanted to cover today. I'm going to be recording uh, the reading to uh, tomorrow night, uh, the book launch tomorrow night. There is a possibility that I might feature that next week. We'll see if I can get it all put together and make that happen. There's also recently an open mic, so there might be some of that. But what I would like you to do right uh, what I'd like to do right now is thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to uh, Finding a Voice here on CFRC 101.9 FM. And uh, we uh, quick mention that after the show ends, I will upload both hours to my blog space for it. Finding a Voice on CFRCFM.wordpress.com will remain there for four years. And uh, thank you again for tuning in. Catch you here next week. Please do stay tuned for two hours of East Coast uh, music with Rob Carnell's Saltwater Music right after these messages. Thank you for listening to this podcast produced at CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, Ontario at Queen's University, situated on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples. The CFRC Podcast Network at podcast.cfrc.ca is brought to you by the generous support of the Queen's University Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences. Thank you.